Welcome to Breaking Bread. I'm Terry Page. The North Carolina primaries are underway, giving you the opportunity to take advantage of early voting. One name you should see on the ballot is Magistrate Samantha Mobley, who is running for District Court Judge, seat 19 in Mecklenburg County. To give you a little background, Samantha Mobley attended law school at the Charlotte School of Law. She is licensed to practice law in the state of North Carolina and the District of Columbia. According to her campaign website, she was also admitted to practice in the U.S. District Court for the Western District of North Carolina. As mentioned, she wants her next stop to be District Court Judge. Samantha Mobley, welcome to Breaking Bread. Thank you for having me. I am glad to be here. Happy to have you. Now, I've had other guests on the show, and mostly uh, they were interested in more voters going to the polls. And they've expressed frustration stating how people tend to gloss over the judge race. How important is it that voters take advantage of the primary process? It is extremely important. Um, Not only do they glance over the judge race, but they glance over the primary election in general. So I would like to start there. Um, I want everyone to know that early voting began on April the 28th, and it's going to go until May the 14th. Election day is May the 17th. It's so important that you get out during the primary because if you don't um, vote for your candidate in the primary, they won't be there on the general election. And there are so many things that happen in our primary elections that affect our daily lives. So it's really in everyone's best interest to get out and vote. Um, The judges are generally almost always at the bottom of the ballot. So please, please just hang in there. Even when the ballot is long, just go all the way until you finish so that you don't miss the judges. We really appreciate it. And again, it's in your own best interest. Yeah, if I noticed that, it's at the bottom. If it were up to me, I'd put it at the top. Yes, if it were up to us, it would be at the top. (laughs) Well, you you mentioned about the... uh, about the interaction in the everyday life and everything like that. I was wondering, most law-abiding citizens don't have direct contact with law enforcement or, or officers of the court, if you would. Correct. Uh, I often refer to the law enforcement segment with interactions with like police officers, where most of the time these interactions are if you are getting a speeding ticket, perhaps, or if you are a victim of a crime. These same individuals tend to use the term magistrate and judge interchangeably. So what is the difference between a judge and a magistrate? And perhaps more importantly, what are some of the qualifications you need in order to hold the title as judge? All right. So a magistrate is a type of judge, but in North Carolina state court, magistrates are referred to as um, generally just as magistrates. Um, When we use the word uh, judge, oftentimes we're talking about a district court judge, a superior court judge, a court of appeals judge, or North Carolina Supreme Court judge or justice. And so um, some of the differences and the things that you will see in magistrate court are magistrates handle small claim cases, $10,000 or less. So here is an area where a law-abiding citizen may find themselves still in court. Okay. Um, Landlord, tenant, and or eviction cases, um, personal property cases, Issues for warrants for arrest, setting bail, accepting guilty pleas for minor misdemeanors and infractions, and also accepting waivers of trial for certain worthless check cases is some of the things you might be experiencing if you were in magistrate court. If you were in district court, um, you might be having a divorce case, a child custody case, 
um, a child support case or a civil claim over the amount of $25,000. So those are some of the big differences between magistrate court and district court. Yeah, and based on some of the um, shows that we did here in Breaking Bread, I imagine you probably saw a lot of the landlord-tenant type situations because I know during the pandemic there are some situations. Yes, yes, yes. And so the courtrooms that I currently rotate through are landlord-tenant court, as you mentioned, small claims up to $10,000, traffic court, criminal misdemeanor court, and involuntary commitment court for mental health. So when people decide they want to speed down 85. <laughs> they may be coming to see you. They me. might come see you. That's right. Okay. Well, I have, you know, I've never seen you in that capacity. Because, uh, <laughs> this is true. I behave myself. All right. Well, I tell you what, Samantha, we have a lot in common. We're both from the Midwest and somehow found ourselves in Charlotte. Yes. Could you walk me through your background? What in your childhood motivated you to pursue your career and, and what landed you here? I grew up in a home that did foster care for children. And so children would come to live with us when they were victims of abandonment or neglect, when they had been physically abused, sexually abused, or their parents suffered with drug addiction. So growing up, overall, I've had 17 different foster brothers and sisters. Wow. And so each of those were separate cases. Each of those um, people that came to live with us was a result of, of what the court had decided. So I've been seeing very up close for a long time the court's effect on families. So I've seen the pain that the children experience because they can't be with their mom or dad, and they want to be with their mom or dad. Sure. I see, have seen the pain that the parents experience because they want to be with their children but are just not in a position to properly care for their children. And so um, that is what got me inspired to want to get involved with the law in the first place. And if elected district court judge, I'm going to work very hard to come up with healthy solutions for families while they're struggling to get to where they need to be. Okay, I can tell you what, when I was living in Michigan, uh, they had a program and there was somebody like yourself, and they came up with a program for foster children who were struggling with maybe grades or, or home life, and they had this volunteer probationary officer program, is what they called it. Okay. And they had people like me come in, and full disclosure, I have no experience in law enforcement, just to be clear on that. But essentially, um, I was to act as a mentor, and the magistrate, her judgment was, hey, look, work with Terry and he's going to help you um, get your grades up and he's going to show you a, like a different part of life and I would take him out and you know to the park and that kind of thing and uh, and, and it, it changed things it, it his grades went up and he was a lot uh, happier kid and is that is that kind of what you're talking about as far as the improvement of the life that like maybe not that program specifically but maybe something in on, on those lines something along those lines as well as um, making that decision of where, who should live where and for how long. Um, it's a very big decision that I would not take lightly and really keeping the best interest of the child in mind. So absolutely, um, mentoring programs that are available, um, drug treatment programs that are available, these are the types of things that I would be looking at to help families. Um, because you brought up the mentoring program, I'll share with you um, that I worked for a place called Berea Children's Home, where I served as a mentor 
for kids who were either living in a foster home or with another family member, just not their natural parents because there was something that prevented them from being together. So um, once a week, I would meet with this person. I would actually come pick them up. We'd do some activity, even if that included their homework or their studies, you know, whatever it is that we need to do to try to keep that person on track. Okay. So we have that in common. Yes, we do. We do. So, yeah, it sounds like from what you're telling me, it, it, you know, you're trying to help the community uh, overall in that role. And um, if elected district court judge, that, that sounds like that's something you're trying to do. Absolutely. I also uh, serve our community by volunteering with Heal Charlotte and the Veterans Bridge Home. So I'm a voter. And um, right now, uh, what you stated, I could take advantage of early voting or I could wait to election day to vote then. And I see the names for district court judge, right? Right. Um, what name should I select and why? Select Samantha Mobley for district court judge, seat 19. Um, I have served you as a magistrate here for the last eight years, and I've given you some examples of the current courtrooms that I serve in. Um, before um, working at the courthouse, I worked across the street at the jail, so I've experienced there with domestic violence protective orders and granting temporary custody. Um, seeing people when they're first brought in for arrest and determining whether or not there's probable cause that anything occurred and um, considering conditions of release. So I've got a wide range of experience in different courtrooms that I've worked in, and I will continue to serve you well um, if elected district court judge. Okay. Anything else you would like to tell voters and listeners of Breaking Bread? I am committed to treating people fairly and with dignity and respect when they are in my courtroom. So you can absolutely expect to get a fair shake um, when you walk into my courtroom. Also, I'm the only one in my race who has judicial experience here in Mecklenburg County. And so you want someone who has already had experience handling cases when it's time for your case to be heard. Samantha Mobley, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. It was great to be here. If you're unsure where to vote, you can visit the North Carolina State Board of Elections website at ncsbe.gov and click on the one-stop sites and from there select your county from the drop-down menu. Breaking Bread is a production of Artists for the People. Follow us on Twitter at BreakingBread101. That's break, the letter N as November, Bread 101. Or catch us on Instagram, Breaking Bread Podcast. Check us out on Facebook or visit our website, breakingbread.biz. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Breaking Bread 101. Give us a listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts app, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our theme music was composed by Ludwig van Beethoven. Breaking Bread was created by Terry Page. Success is when opportunity meets preparation. Until next time.